Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. You sure you don't want to start this one? Oh, I get nervous in front of people. Welcome to the podcast, Father John, Father Nathan, the man. Hello. Who doesn't stop until he celebrates. One more. Sorry. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Father, my book was calling. Okay. Turn the phone off. The, uh, here we are. Very strange Colorado day here, um, 16th of April, and uh, it's snowing. We were hiking in t-shirts uh, 48 hours ago in the mountains, just kind of... We is a very loose <laughs> word that he uses. By we, I mean uh, I was hiking. And I was in a muscle tee. He was in a, taking a bubble bath. So, Father Nathan and myself uh, today have some big news. You want to start with that? You want to kind of BS for a bit? You know, what do you want? What are you feeling? Let's just get to the news. Okay. Coming to you from Littleton, Colorado. So uh, the news is this. Last, not last Tuesday, but 10 days ago, I sat down with the archbishop and got a new assignment. And he said, uh, you're going to Rome for further studies. Wah, wah, wah. So the sadness is uh, I will not be here in the uh, man cave with our uh, T-Rex coasters, loon yep. clocks, yep. And, uh, but I'm moving to Rome. I'm going to be living with uh, this guy uh, known as Father Mike Rapp, the other podcast. The original. The original, Father Mike, the original. Before there was Natty Ice, there was Rap original. Rap original. So we have, uh, we have a situation here in terms of the it's podcast. It's a situation room. <laughs> terms of a podcast uh, future but uh we're gonna work it all out we've uh, been discussing different options but uh it will continue in some form yep so, so be not afraid as the hymn just sung at every funeral yep yep so <laughs> well i said i said we should have a fan poll um about you know like what we should do with the podcast oh yeah you know and then somebody said you mean we should have a fan poll about whether or not john goes to rome and I was like, yeah. Yeah, now we're talking. No, I don't think that one's going to be up to the the uh, polis. That one was decided by the uh, the boss, man. John's being very humble. Father John's being very humble. He has been asked to do a doctorate in women's studies, and uh, it's just a really important topic, and that's a joke. I've had a number of spiritual daughters who have prepared. My, most of my re- <laughs> research is finished already. That's so. right. Seen the feminine genius at its finest and at its worst as well. The the problem with genius is when it goes bad, it it becomes neurosis, and so I have a interesting topic. Now I'm studying systematic theology at a place called Santa Croce, but I'm learning Italian from uh, Father Nathaniel over here. Nathaniele. So, Nathaniele. So it's a kind of a daunting, exciting, terrifying thing to be taking classes in Italian starting in September. Um, and uh, but alas, the life of obedience. Here we go. That's right. It's also very exciting. I've I've dreamed of this my whole life. So, but it's pretty crazy to be uh, moving out of parish life with uh, with really no idea of when I'll ever be uh, in a parish again. Yeah. So it's it's kind of crazy, which led to our topic for today. Well, we're just gonna go right into it. Well, I, I don't get to share my news. What do you want to share? I mean, it's with great delight that I that I get to share with you that I will be back <laughs> at Cabrini for another year. What? I know. I know you're all really excited. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Cheers to your big news. Clinky. Tin cup uh, whiskey compliments of Becca Messel. That's right. Feminine genius. Happy Easter. Yeah, so, I mean, that's actually really good news for our parish because uh, they have had 
seven parochial vicars in nine years. Yeah. So now they'll have seven in ten years, which mm-hmm. is a lot of change. So um, hopefully this year I can make it to the uh, Silver Strands group or something. That's you know, right. The, so we're going to keep one more time on repeat. But Daft yeah, Punk right. for Father Nathan. Celebrate and dance for free. Actually, that song got stuck in my head because on Tuesday night we were bowling yes. with 150 priests yeah. on our priest convocation, and that song came on. And you were, do you was, want to describe your outfit that you picked up that day? At oh, the, I'm wearing one of them. I am. You knew this is from there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if you're going to go bowling, you can go bowling or you can go bowling, right? Bowling. Exactly. So, I was in Estes Park and forgot that I didn't put together an outfit for bowling. Now, we have to mention, first and foremost, the inspiration for me going to the thrift store was in part motivated by jealousy because uh, Father Peter Musset, the co-host and star of Lanky Guy's podcast, he was Which wearing, we strongly endorse. We're going to strongly endorse it later, but definitely. Yeah. It is FDA approved. Uh, and choosy moms choose Jif and Lanky guys. Um, so um, he was wearing a black snap button shirt with rhinestone buttons with a tiger that had been like embossed in gold on his shirt. And I was like, son of a biscuit. There's no way I can top that. Right. I mean, short of wearing the star suit, which I thought about. Yeah, but it was your first convocation yeah, for the priests. So the backstory behind this is uh, once a year, all the priests of the diocese come together for um, four days, and uh, we were up in the mountains together. And uh, It was great. It was a lot of fun. I was like, you guys seriously do this every year? It's like vacation. Yeah. Of course, some people had to go to talks, which was supposed to be everybody, but every once in a while, John would skip out for a hike, and I would skip out to uh, take a nap. You know, these things are, uh, you know, celebrate and dance for free. One more time. So then, um, so then I went to the thrift store with uh, Father Sam Moorhead and Father Joseph Lejoie, and we were looking through outfits. And if anybody can help me out, because um, I wear a 38 in pants size. I know, ladies, it's hard to believe. Husky. You, you thought I was a 44, but actually, I am a 38. Um, so, uh, but I was looking at women's pants because they had like these salmon pants that looked amazing. But it was a 18 or a 16. 16. I don't know. I don't know if I would fit into that. I mean, I, like, I don't know. I, I, I think I might be a size eight. It sound, like, sounds know. like it might do some permanent damage. <laughs> the uh, uh, he, uh, he chose not to wear the salmon pants. I didn't wear salmon pants. So then I got this like sweet '80s like long sleeve kind of sweater vest, and then uh, track pants like bright blue track pants with the elastic, didn't they? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. At the feet, you got to have those. Um, so and then I found a a hat, which turns out was from a nuclear submarine, the USS Ethan Allen. So if, if any of our uh, of our you know, Navy's finest are listening to our podcast, um, and you want to reclaim Boomer's hat from the USS Ethan Allen, please do. It belonged to Boomer? That's what it says on the back. Anyways, so we went bowling, and that's the reason why I was getting back to this. I know this is a lot of banter. Some people don't like it. Deal with it. Um, I was like, I asked the lady, I was like, what is playing right now? And she says, well, it's just Pandora. And I said, there's a jukebox here. Can we use that? And she said, absolutely. You'll just need to pay for the song. So I was like, oh, I intend on doing that. So I roll over there, and I, for some reason, have like 
12 $1 bills in my pocket. I'm like, sweet. So I'm dumping all of these ones into the machine. Mm -hmm. And then some guy walks up, another priest who will remain nameless. It's not John. It's not me. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But like he comes up and he's like, hey, are you putting on songs? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I want to put on a song. I'm like, well, that's sweet. I, I just put in $8 worth. But when I'm done, you can put in your quarters. And he's like, no, I'll just choose some songs along with you. And John and I are playing pool. So then every time I would Getting choose... Getting destroyed a... in pool. Yeah, we by did. By Father Scott Bailey and Father Luis Granada. Granados. Um, yeah, we did get destroyed. Um, I put on... I'm putting on like some sweet, you know, rock... And he puts on like sweet. America. And like... he put on like Taylor Swift is what you meant by... I did! Yeah. That was a crowd pleaser. It was a crowd pleaser. And then uh, I put on Daft Punk. and But then he puts on America... You know, riding across the desert on a horse with no name, which I understand, like, he wanted to, like, appease all the crowds that were there. But it was like, have you ever had that happen where somebody just, like, jumps in on your jukebox session? It's like, seriously? I have not had that happen, but it sounds horrible. One more time. The, um, my friend Wiley Dornsife used to go to bars and just, he would pick the most obnoxious song he could find and he would just put it on repeat and he would just stand by the jukebox and until, like, everybody in the bar started freaking out. So that could be something you could do next time. I think I will. Did you choose Daft Punk one more time? Yes. It was actually really funny because the he's a priest and he was more interested in putting on like Frank Sinatra and like, you know, crowd pleasers. And then I was like, ooh, I wonder what's under hip hop. And the look that he gave me when I pressed the button for hip hop was just one of like, how dare you? Despise. So Very nice. So here we go. Which brings us to our topic. Which brings us to our topic. Which it actually doesn't. But the topic today, RCIA, which... Is actually Father Nathan recommended. Yeah. Which is very nice. Regularly confusing interested adults. Nice. Well said. Um, So RCIA is the right of Christian initiation of adults. There's also RCIC and RCIT, which is right of Christian initiation of teens or children. But RCIT doesn't really exist. Yeah. I hate to tell you that. Well, we do it, Cabrini. Cabrini. Oh my gosh! The reason why One I wanted to the reason why I wanted to do this pod this podcast is because John has been leading RCIA for what three years? Two years. So you just did it at Queen of Peace. Just did it at Queen of Peace, yeah. And it was always really uh, fruitful for him. Yeah. And it was great because the the priest was able to be the teacher and really kind of a shepherd through the whole process because like a lot of times people come in with different situations, whatever else. So I wanted this to be. If you've ever thought about RCIA, here's what it is. Because sometimes, like, hey, if you're interested in joining this, like, nine-month process in order to become Catholic, please sign up. But it's like, well, what exactly am I getting into? Right. So It's good. So, yeah, RCIA, the right of Christian initiation for adults. The first thing to say there is that uh, it's an initiation, you know. Uh, And that's the hardest kind of first hurdle for people. It's like, I think I want to become Catholic. Okay. Well, you got to do this, and yeah. it's like you got to be kidding me. Yeah, you I'm ready. Jump through this gig- I'm ready now. I got to jump through this gigantic hoop. Now there are some people who are ready, right? Our good friend Teddy Hamster wanted to baptize him in the lake in Switzerland. Yep, I was this close, you know. But uh, he went through RCIA. So the first thing is that there is an initiation process. Now, uh, if you would have done this, I don't know, sixty years ago, hundred years ago. Uh, it wouldn't have looked like it did. The Second Vatican Council, the reforms of it, restored the ancient catechumenal process. Yes. And we'll explain what that is in a second. So uh, the church in the 1960s at the Second Vatican Council, going back to the sources, going back to the early church to try and re-engage the modern world, uh, restored this rite 
um, this process of initiation that's more fitting to uh, as it was in the first couple centuries than it was maybe in the last thousand years. And the reason for that is the world is much more like the Roman Empire, yeah, uh, pagan, post-Christian, than it was medieval Christendom, where everybody was basically Catholic or something like that. Yeah. So we restore this order. Um, and it's a great gift. It's an amazing thing. I, uh, I was asked to do it when I got to Queen of Peace. Um, and I inherited this awesome team, including Deb Cable, who I think is probably listening to this podcast, who is my right ah! hand. Uh, Deb was the coordinator. She was gracious enough to let me step in and teach. Um, and I found it to be um, probably the most life-giving and exciting thing. I know a number of them listen to the podcast now. Um, and uh, the community that forms over the six months or so is uh, is really amazing. So I'll tell you a little bit about how we did it at Queen of Peace, and you can kind of throw your two cents in on this. So did you ever teach with it or ever work with it at Holy Ghost or anything like that, your previous parishes? Yeah, um, I did. I did teach a few classes of uh, the priest that was there before. He taught most of the courses, um, but he allowed me to come in and just do kind of some intro stuff. Um, and then, let's see here, at St. Elizabeth's? No, because I was only there um, on the weekends. Um, and then now I, at Cabrini, I, I kind of help, but I'm we have another person that, that teaches primarily. Mm-hmm. So. so the RCA program is for people who are uh, one of several situations. Number one not baptized. Yes. And they are desiring to be baptized and be brought into um into the life of faith. So they have no affiliation, nothing. They may be they may be Jewish, they may be Muslim, they may be Hindu, they may be um just you know, like secular right persons that have had no church background, but as long as they're non-baptized, like that's kind of the 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 group that's kind of like Right. Now we had um uh, and th- those are called catechumens. Catechumens. And uh, so that's one group that is, and that's kind of in many ways the most special group because they're going to be fully initiated in the sense that they're going to receive at the Easter Vigil, baptism, confirmation, and Holy Eucharist. And in my opinion, that's the most beautiful thing. To yep. watch Brzecki get baptized, to watch Claire Nguyen get baptized. Uh, there was eight people at our parish who did, and it was just, that was for me, that's the most beautiful thing. A year before that, Joe Grady's sister-in-law got baptized. Yeah. You know, it's just like, and they're crying a lot of times during it because this is such a powerful moment. Um, so that's catechumens. The second part is um, Christians who are non-Catholic. Right. So you think of somebody who's... Um, Christians is a term where we're saying they have been baptized. It can't just be somebody who's like, I grew up in the Presbyterian church or right. I grew up in the right. um, you know, Methodist church. But was never baptized. We would consider them a catechumen right. because they're not baptized. But right. if you were baptized, and we accept many of the other denominations' baptisms. Yeah, if you're baptized under the Trinitarian formula yep. with water, it's valid. Yes. And it doesn't matter who it is. Um, well, right. it does matter who it is. Um, but if you do that... Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, there's a lot in that. But the uh, those those are called candidates... Yep. Okay, and they're candidates for full reception with the Catholic Church. So at the Easter Vigil, we baptize everybody first, and then we clap and the whole bit, and then we call forward the candidates, and they come forward and they they profess the faith, and they're they're received into the church by the priest, and then everybody is confirmed together. So the catechumens and the candidates both receive confirmation, right? The candidates have already been baptized, and then everybody receives their first Holy Communion. Yeah. 
So actually, this year, um, Father Sean baptized all of the people at our at our parish full immersion. So he was in uh, he was in an alb with swimming trunks underneath. Um, and got into the font and did the whole thing. You should have loaned him the the star suit. The star Dang su- it! Do they know what the star suit is? Next year, yeah, the, they know what's the nineteen twenties bathing suit that I have personally watched him swim in two oceans and yeah. he swim in three, including the Bay of Bengal. So then uh, he did that, and then he confirmed all of the people who were just baptized catechumens, but the, catechumens. But then I got to confirm all of the people who were from other faith traditions other than Catholic. Right. So Lutherans, Presbyterians, Baptists, etc. Um, I got to do that. And I'm praying that I had deposition to do that. Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, yeah, if you're not delegated, uh, it's invalid. Uh, I know. And I asked means. twice, and both times it was like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's fine. So... Um, Anyways. So... But just I just said that because I've done confirmations and John hasn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're so awesome. Okay, so the uh, so the first and so, then the last group, and then the last group um, is candidates for confirmation who are Catholic. So adults yep. who were never confirmed, who um, just kind of like whoop, kind of fell off the wagon. There. Many of whom never yep. received their first communion. Either. Right, right. I know we had a lot of people like that. Um, in our parish, we used to, before I got there, we used to just like do this like quick, like two, three week thing for Catholics. They would kind of show up in like February and then they would just get confirmed. Um, we don't do that now. We're like, you got to go through the whole yeah. process. And the reason for that is that you really need to be initiated. And uh, because the faith is so weak, you know, in our family life and in the church that uh, it's just like, why would you not? Why would you not do this? The people who go through RCA are better formed yep. in prayer and in, in the faith than 95% of Catholics in the, in the pews. That's my opinion. Maybe that's high. Depending on the program, yes. Depending on the program. But my crew, they know it. They know their stuff. They've yep. heard everything. And um, Because basically what we do for six months, we just march through the catechism. Mm-hmm. So we go through the four phases. They can, they're going to have the phrases exitus and reditus just like in their nightmares for the rest of their life because I would hammer them on the basic structure of salvation history every single week. Uh, but that's not how we started. We start in the end of September, early October, and every program is different. And for that point until the f- beginning of Advent, so like usually um, right at the end of November, beginning of December. So the first eight weeks is what we call the period of evangelization and pre-catechumenate. Okay. So that's like, because a lot of people are like, I'm just kind of feeling this out, you know? I don't really know if I want to do this. Um, right. And that's meant to be a totally kind of uh, propose the the kind of essence of the faith um, and start to ask the questions. And I actually start with Giassani's religious sense. I go right into what are the questions of the human heart? Hmm. You know, you have a religious sense in you. I know the word religion is just, you know... Uh, total negative connotation in our culture, but the religious sense is this faculty within you to ask these questions. Where did I come from? Where am I going? And is there anything in between? Hmm. Yeah. And both of us own magic bullets. I feel like you're ignoring the loon. You did that last week. I just don't want to draw attention to it every single time. Poor Lori. She's upset. I know. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So both of us own magic bullets. Yes. Have you ever actually watched the infomercial for a magic bullet? No. It's fascinating. Okay. The We're guy talking about the blender, right? Yeah. Yeah. The guy's making omelets, margaritas, salsa, pina coladas, uh, brownies, all this stuff, right? 
And then all of a sudden you get the magic bullet and like it's a blender. <laughs> it's a blender and it's not even as powerful as well, it's blender. not a Vita- okay. it's not a Vitamix. What it's not a Vitamix. Those things that's, are that's stronger than my car, I think. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, Mar- Mary Nepple was grinding down starfish, like live starfish and blending it into smoothies. Nathan, you want some kale and blueberries? <laughs> the reason why I say that is because um a lot of people like see evangelization as kind of like this cheesy infomercial. We're like, we're going to get you like in the program. We're going to get you in RCIA. We're going to convince you that this is what you actually want to do. Um, and then all of a sudden, this is like, wait a second, I'm a Catholic? What the heck just happened? Yeah. You know, We are surprised quite frequently that there are people out there that have never heard the good news. My guess is your pastor is really good on this. Like pronounce uh, the charisma, the charisma, man. That's how he talks. So the charisma is the preaching, um, and it comes from the caruxo, right? Like the the scream, the yell. Like you're supposed to be an apostle. You're supposed to like to announce something. And what are we announcing? We're announcing the good news of the resurrection. And for a lot of people out there, they have absolutely no idea what that means. Right. And baptism to them is the same thing as like a Protestant christening. Right. Or like, I mean, you know, the Pro- Protestants do baptize, but sometimes they, you know, they won't do a baptism. They'll just do a christening of a young child. Well, okay, what we're talking about is the salvation of our own souls and of the world. Do you want this? And so I think that first part, um, if done well, it, it, it impels them to say, yeah. Yeah. I'm willing. I'm willing to do anything, and we met. You know, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but he's just you know this year's Flava Flav. Uh, but Brian Brzecki, when I met with him, it was just like I want to be baptized, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, everybody wants to be baptized, you know. Uh, what What is it that you're looking for? And he was like, I want to participate in the life of God, and I don't feel like I've done that um, as well as I could have. And it's like, why would I? Why, why would I withhold? the good news from somebody like that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a great opportunity for you, like if you have, you know, friends, whatever, and just say, are, if you're interested at all interested or if you've never heard the, the the salvation message proclaimed with conviction and not just like, um, yeah, I've, I've seen, you know, like Jesus of Nazareth. Right. It's just kind of whatever. I think that one of the challenges of RCA is, uh, and this is for people who teach, is that um, you can't give them answers before you get the questions coming up in right. the heart. They have to ask what are the questions yes. before. And I think that first section of the evangelization and pre-catechumen, a lot of it is just addressing the deeper questions of the human heart so that they can be aware of that. I think that's, I think that's true. And, but I think you need both. But you need both, and you need to do it well, because by the time you get to the beginning of Advent, it's time for the rite of acceptance, which is the kind of the first step. It's kind of progressively um, initiating you, and and that means deeper commitment. And so, by the right of acceptance, there's a formal kind of uh, welcome uh, and and uh, a recognition of where they're at. But it also kind of demands like it's the next step because I I kind of have to do a little purge each time, you know, between the different steps. So the right of acceptance, which happens, you know, usually um, uh, in the beginning of December, uh, that begins what's called the period of catechumenate. Okay, and it's weird because we have three different groups, but we'll call it that for right sure. now. And that is what's going to really begin the 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 kind of more formal instruction and formation, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to lead uh, 
until Easter, right? With the rite of election and the rite of sending, uh, usually in the beginning of Lent. Mm-hmm. So what happens after that point? Okay, so you've, you've kind of received the, the kerygma, you've, you've heard this, but you don't know, how does this all work? So I kind of walk them through the different, I try and do about a month on each section of the catechism. So the creed, then the sacraments, and then the moral life, and then prayer. And the important thing for that for me is, we, everybody wants to know about homosexual, homosexuality, contraception, abortion, divorce, and why is there a male-only clergy? Like that's what that, and then Mary. You know, if you're a Protestant, like that's a big, that's a sure. big deal, and it's and it should be a big deal. That's the hardest thing, and the last thing to get your head around, in many ways. Um, but you can't start with those questions. You can't. You we got to start with the creed. We got to start with the story, yeah. right? And um, and then move into the how does the story become your story in the sacramental life? And that's what frees you for deep for desire for moral conversion. I would tell them that constantly. Right. If we're just preaching, you got to pray. You got to be. You got to change your life. Quit doing this. Quit doing this. It's like you got to know the story first. And a lot of them got it. A lot of them they 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 got it. And and they by the time we got to February, which was kind of the, the time to throw down. Um, and I do all the moral teachings and the whole bit. Uh, they're in a place to say this is challenging, but I can actually receive this because yeah. I trust him. I trust the witness, and that's what's so important. You know. That the priest has to walk with them in a way. He's teaching, but he's vulnerable and he's honest and he's and he's human. That's I think that's important. Whoever's leading, because by the time you get to the hard stuff, they got to say this is like the most challenging stuff I've ever heard, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, because that guy up there has something that I desire. Yeah, that's the hope. Well, and the important one of the things that you mentioned is the right of acceptance. What that's it's an interesting phenomenon there because it's not only them making a deeper, deeper commitment to the church, but also the church making a deeper commitment to them. Yeah. Is that not? It's true. Is that right? So that if for some reason at, at like one of them were to pass away and they were a, a, a catechumen, are they a catechumen at that point? Um, at the right of acceptance? I should know this. Or is it the right of election? No, I think they're a catechumen after after that. But yeah, they're form- they would they would be given a Christian burial. Yeah, we would say that they had a desire to receive the sacraments. Yeah, and so even though like oh well you missed out you know sorry rain check yeah God would actually I mean God the Lord knows everyone's heart but even the church who's the extension of you know like Christ's mission on earth. And his bride, she would say, "You're one of us." Yeah, which is a wonderful reality because it's not like you're you're walking on pins and needles until the such time that you're baptized. Right. It's like no, I, the church has already like covered me, you know, in you know her. And the church has accepted me, and that's one of the hardest things to shift in their minds is to say, um, "This isn't something you're doing. You don't make yourself Catholic." You know, yeah. that you are accepted into the catechumenate, the church discerns with you as she forms you, and then you receive faith through baptism, right? Yeah. Catechism is pretty clear on that. Felix, man, she would hammer me on that, right? Faith is rooted in baptism. It's yeah. not something that we do. And in in living in a Protestant American culture where we just ex- we choose to believe and we choose to accept Jesus and that's it, that doesn't that doesn't work uh, with our understanding of it. it. The church is something real. It's a real, um, and she has faith, and she permits and accepts people into that. Hmm. So that's uh, yeah, the catechumenate. The other tricky thing is marriage stuff. 
So we were actually debating last night, Father Greg, Father Brian, myself, we were kind of the guys who do RCA and the companions. We were debating about when do you bring up the difficult questions of, okay, you need an annulment, right? Um, or you're not at a point. And I usually wait. I usually wait until the beginning of January to sit down with everybody who has irregular marriage situations and then to explain, here's the process. Yeah. And you can revert back to the annulment podcast to figure that out. The lack of form ones, you can usually um, resolve them prior to. The long ones, they're not coming into the church at Easter. What we're going to do is we're like, we have a couple right now we're waiting on. We'll just ask for a a delegation and then we'll receive them into the church as soon as the annulment comes through. So it's kind of one of those things where I like to have the relationship with them, which takes a couple months prior to having that difficult conversation. I think, and this is contrary to other really good priests like Father Greg, who does it right away. He just has that conversation right away. Sorry. I don't know if that's the best decision, but there's a lot of space for uh, varying opinions on this. we got to celebrate our diversity, right? That's Father right. Nathan, that's what we were told this week. Well, there's a part of me that says um, I would want them to know um, that, you know, it's not going to happen this year. Like if they're in a situation where they're going to, it's their merit to resolve their marriage in the, in the church, it's going to take longer than that. Right. It was going to take longer than that whenever they entered. Right. You know, it didn't matter um, because, you know, uh, annulments that are uh, what, uh, like the ones that take longer. Yeah. Those are going to take like over a year, possibly two years depending on how quickly like they right. get, you know, paperwork back and everything else. Well, you weren't going to get you weren't going to come into the church at Easter anyways. How much better was it for you to like hear the words like and the the creed and the the desire for it and to build their expectation and not to crush them in it, right. but to say if you if you still desire this, you know, will you come a bit further? Right. Like I always tell people um, and I have done this in confession, which is, if you remember in Sh- in um, Shawshank Redemption, I think I've mentioned this on here before, but in Shawshank Redemption, uh, Red gets out of prison. Andy Dufresne has already, you know, escaped prison, and he told him a long time ago, like, if there's this there's this tree, go to the tree, and then like find this lo- find this box. Okay, so he finds this box, and inside the box there's a letter, and it's from Andy. Andy Dufresne went all the way back there and wrote a letter to Red and said, um, you know, by now you know that, you know, you've, you found this letter. If, you, if you've come this far, maybe you will come a bit further. And so that's when he has to drive all the way down to Fort Hancock, Texas, and cross the border into Mexico to eventually meet his friend, you know. Say what to Neo. Say what to Neo, right. Uh-huh. So, like, I think for that, it's like, look, you've come this far. Right. I'm asking you to come a bit further. Yeah. And if they're willing to do that, then it just builds their expectation and their desire for, yeah, I want this. Yeah. That's a good example. That was a really good example. You're just like so good right now. <laughs> I celebrate diversity. The um, That was what our speaker told us this week. So when, when you have... Celebrate a, and dance for free. One more. Okay. So when you have the... Um, the, the pleasure of resolving marriage situations prior to the Easter Vigil... Um, we do what's called a convalidation. And uh, so we do a marriage blessing right before, uh, and we did three of them the Friday before uh, Holy Week. 
And then, uh, so their, their marriages, cause, cause like a lot of times what happens is you'll have a non-Catholic married to a Catholic outside of the church. So we got to kind of work that and we have to blood, do a marriage blessing prior to it so that they can receive the sacraments validly. It's, it's just yeah. stuff that priests deal with, but, um, but it's, it's a joy. I mean, it's a really, you're giving people the life of God and you're giving them the, the encounter and the possibility of grace, uh, by disposing them to this. And teaching RCA is tough. You know, it's it's hard. It's a long process. It's grueling for people. But we got to keep coming back to the fact that, like, their life is better. Because this is true. Yeah. And they're getting the fullness of truth. And actually, the you know, people complain. It's like, oh, my gosh, i got to commit to this for six months and blah, blah, blah. I mean, uh, if you want to learn a language, it, you can't do it in, what, a month and a half? Sorry. Maybe that's a bad example. Como se chiamo? Yeah. Which yeah. means... What is your name? Yeah. I learned that yesterday. Yeah. The uh, but like it's going to take living in it. Yeah. Okay. So then the the former the former process of of RCIA or the catechumenate was how long? Two, three years, yeah. right? Yeah. Because they wanted to say if you make a public profession that you will be ba- you're baptized in the faith and you fall away from that, it is a great scandal. Yeah. And so they would test people yeah. for that long. Okay, we do infant baptism, and we have a lot of people that are like, yeah, I was baptized, it doesn't mean anything. Um, so they never made a formal decision to enter, Yeah, and it was chosen for them. Now, I have my own thoughts on that that I'll reserve. However, these people are making a, a, a an election on their part to say, I want to participate in this. It's six months. It's nothing. Are you kidding it's me? It's nothing. This is the prospect of eternal life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it it really and it goes so fast. I mean, really, when you get down to it, with pre evangelization a little bit, and the rites, you're looking at about a month per section of the catechism. Yeah, which is like five six hundred paragraphs each. So it's just crazy to try and cover the the content of the faith in six months. It's like, just it's impossible. Just look at it this way: you didn't have to go to you know seven years or twelve years of CCD That's or true. Sunday school. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to make the macaroni, you know, crosses or whatever else burlap like, banners. Yeah, yeah. The um, yeah, so yeah. that's the reason why I wanted to do this podcast because it was like, listen, this is a great you, deal. If you have a friend, or if you have a, a neighbor, a coworker, a brother-in-law, um, a classmate, I don't care, and you think like they might benefit from this. Um, I don't get paid per you know baptism, You're right? But I tell you what, you are given a promise. Yep. James says. That the one who brings back a sinner from his way covers a multitude of sins. How many sins do you have? It's a hell of a lot more than a multitude, okay? So you bring somebody into the church, now all of a sudden, like, their life and their their family tree is is changed. Like, this person is now a new creation. And you you are part of that process? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. I told my parish in September, I was preaching about this, and I said, if everyone in this parish right, brought one person to RCA and only 1% of them showed up, we'd have 100 people in RCA. 100, right? Yeah. And we had about 25, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, if you're, if you're a Catholic and you've never brought someone into the RCA program, you got to ask yourself, what am I doing? You yeah. know? What am I doing? How am I living the faith? Now, a lot of times there's very hostile situations and... But or everybody you hang out with is already Catholic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, you break out of the mold a little bit um, because it it's 
it's a tremendous opportunity. And as a Catholic to go through it as a sponsor or as a godparent, it's amazing as well. One last thing before we go. He's picked up his phone. He wants to go to emails. Mystagogy. Yes, the last part. This is the last part. This is the hardest part. So the uh, And I'm going to put a proposal for it about how to do it. So um, RCA is not supposed to end at the Easter Vigil. It's not like your Catholic graduation and you get your certificate and you kind of move on with your life. That's the problem. That's what we do most of the time. And that's why a lot of people go through all this. Yeah. Just peace out. And they become as mediocre as the rest of us. So mystagogy is supposed to be a period following the initiation of the sacraments where you're formed. What I'm trying to do, and we're in the middle of it right now, so we'll see how this goes, but we're trying something different. I was like, we got to get out of the classroom, right? And we got to teach them how to pray. So we started doing kind of Lexio Divina, and we set them up with a kind of a set schedule each week. And then their group meetings are um, basically kind of a, a collective sharing about Lexio Divina guided by the small group leaders in homes. Maybe you got a whiskey in your hand, something like that. But it's trying to move away from classroom. Father John's telling us everything to like, God is actually speaking and doing things in my life through the experience of prayer. And somehow that's kind of tying back in. Mystagogy is also supposed to be a reinforcement of the sacraments, right? Yes. It's about a deeper sacrament understanding of the sacraments itself. But how do you teach that in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, well, now I'm done with that. That was great. But it actually moves you deeper into an experience of where I desire community, I desire prayer and accountability. Mm-hmm. I'm a little uncomfortable with that. I'm not surprised. It should be Liturgio Divina. Okay. It should be Liturgia Divina or whatever. They should be experiencing Mass and then talking about what was their experience. What were different aspects of that? And what I would do is I would explode their understanding of it because I would take them not just to the same parish, but I'd take them to the Byzantines. I'd take him to somewhere else and just be like, this is the fullness of life. He's got this new Byzantine girlfriend now. No. It's okay. No, no, no. Let me let me go a little deeper. Each week of mystagogy is a different meditation on a different sacrament. Okay, good. I thought, but Lexio Divina is primarily scriptural. So this is what we give them. I, I don't want to go into all this detail. So baptism, first week. Here's the three okay. scripture passages, catechism paragraphs, yes. different things about the rite. This is what the symbols that you experienced all of that. Go pray with that this week. Come back. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Confirmation, Eucharist, okay. marriage holy orders, blah, Good. blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought you were saying like, now just read your Bibles. No, no, Go no. home and read your Bibles. It's like, well, that's great. You were just made a Catholic. Yeah. And like, not that we don't like scripture, but um, their mystagogy is the experience of the mystery. Yes. And the mysteries that they had in fact received. So I like that. Okay. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. You know, they used to, they would never see, they would never see the inside of the church and they would never see the inside of the baptistry until the day of their baptism. And then all of a sudden, like they're seeing like this garden of Eden thing and all this gold and um, they, everybody's wearing these crazy outfits and they're singing these amazing songs. And now it's like, we, we, we blow the mystery yeah. and we're just like, ah, this is what's going to happen. It's just like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. You know, like, no, it's true. The sacraments are, yeah, the, the, the Greek word is the mysteries, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You're brought in the mysteries, and then you start to unpack the mysteries. Yes. Uh, we got a lot of work to do. Good. We got to build beautiful churches again. Good. Shout outs. Shout out. Okay, first things first. First things first. We got an email from a guy, and I don't want to say his name because I don't remember it. But he asked, on a podcast before, we mentioned something about Word on Fire. And he said, um, I've been listening to Word on Fire 
but you seem to be kind of down on it. Should I be listening? The answer is you should be listening on word on listening to Word on Fire rather than Catholic yeah. stuff. You should be okay. listening to everything Father Robert yeah. Barron is doing. So we are totally one hundred percent behind Word on Fire, but and this is a very small but. Word on Fire is like they're huge, and what his project is amazing, and it's very well researched and very well put together. Ours is not. Okay, so do not compare us to Word on Fire, right? Because um, I, I just think I just think Father Robert Barron is incredible, and whatever he's doing and whatever we're doing, it, if it helps the kingdom, great. Um, but absolutely, listen to Word on Fire. We have absolutely nothing in uh, like rivalry or whatever else with him. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Bastakosi. Okay. The uh, other two podcasts we need to reference are yes. Uh, Lanky guys, Lanky guys, as we mentioned before, Father Peter and uh, and Scott Powell, and they're doing weekly meditations on the upcoming scriptures. Yep. Um, and then Three Dogs North, Three Dogs North, Your which old is friend. yeah, that's is Connor Danstrom and uh, Father Connor Danstrom, and uh, I don't know who the other guys are. Is Wait. Father Scott Harder on that? I don't know. So um, these guys are at Mundelein Seminary. They've already had Father Robert Barron on. Um, and uh, they kind of do a similar format to us. And, I, I mean, there's no... As, as Connor said, if Britney Spears sells more records, it doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that Christina Aguilera sells less records. Um, so we would be kind of like, I don't know, way bigger than the other of those. So, anyways. Okay. Um, speaking of our podcast, we got a couple behind-the-scenes guys. One of them is Michael Hickey, whom you've never even met. Michael Hickey is the brother-in-law of John Minto, yes. who's my friend, and uh, Michael posts these online for us. He, he has the website, and he runs that for us for free, totally pro bono. So he just had a, a little boy, baby. Jerome James Hickey. So shout out to uh, baby, baby Hickey, who's uh, two weeks old. Sound good? Mazel tov. No, 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 one more. We gave some shout out to some girls at Boston or, uh, Bennington College, and there was hellfire that followed. So what? here's the rest of them who didn't get their shout out. Oh, listen, okay. You Anna, better send in your 25 bucks for the <laughs> shout out. Anna Moran, Veronica oh. Miller, and Jordan Canella. Is it Anna Moran from Brendan Moran and Company? From from Brendan Moran, literally. Okay. Yeah, so well said. Literally. 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 So that's it tonight. Folks, just to recap, uh, Father John is leaving us and going to Rome. RCI is good, and Word on Fire is great. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. One more time. Celebrate. Celebrate.